Welcome back to the Locker Room Podcast, podcast number 53. It's myself, Joe Coulter here. I'm joined with Stevie Poocher today. Uh, pleased to say we've got Declan Bogue and Fintan O'Toole with us. Uh, we're going to preview the upcoming National Football League. We'll have a close look at Division 1, then we'll go over Division 2, and we'll have a, have a quick look at Division 3 and 4. But before we sink our teeth into that, a huge thanks to our sponsors, Ripped. Rips Digital Platform provides coaches with everything you need to optimize athlete performance. Head over to rip.app for more information. Okay, lads, uh, thanks for coming on. Um, Fintan, I'll start with you and we'll start with Division One uh, first. I'll list all the teams in Division One, then I'll get your views on who you think the main contenders might be, who'll be in that relegation battle and who you think uh, might come up with a few surprises. So we've got Armagh, Donegal, Dublin, Kerry, Kildare, Mayo, Monaghan, and Tyrone in Division 150. Um, I think if you look at the preseason stuff so far, given the quality of team they've put out, Kerry will probably catch in a good few people's eyes. Um, I mean, one of the things I think is that we're probably looking at this the way we traditionally looked at January in terms of the old season system, but I think given how condensed the season is going to be this year. Um, you know, someone was said to me last week, we're kind of almost in March in terms of preparation for the county teams now, you know, and I think that's reflected in Kerry and Bickler, kind of the strength of the sides they're putting out. Um, you know, a lot was made, I suppose, of the situation a couple of weeks ago where a couple of their players played a, a Sigerson game and then travelled up to play a McGrath Cup game. But, uh, you know, it's probably kind of reflective of they're kind of not hanging around. I, I think this year, you know, obviously Jack McConnor back in charge, um, and there's probably traits of it in Dublin as well in terms of maybe the seriousness of which they're taking this time of year. You know, the likes of Kieran Kilkenny, Brian Fenton, um, you know, usually I suppose Dublin are coming back off an All-Ireland win and their team holiday is taking place in early January and they're kind of able to feel their way back into action sometime in February. But a lot of these guys have kind of hit the ground running and got a good bit of game time in the O'Byrne Cup. Uh, so I guess it's going to be kind of pretty much interesting in terms of how Dublin kind of go about the role of, I suppose, hunting this year because uh, obviously they've been kind of at the head of the pack so much over the last decade. We've been kind of used to seeing everyone trying to knock them down. Um, and then I guess finally, probably it's just going to be really interesting to see how Toronto kind of manages in terms of their their defence. I mean, it's always interesting how the champions kind of deal with it, but for the fact that a lot of these players, it's their first time coming off the back of winning it. Um, and the squad changes as well is quite interesting. I think uh, Declan probably told me this, but Terry McCann, I think he was the fifth player. Um, reportedly that uh, they left off the panel at the weekend. Um, so, you know, it definitely does add a bit of a different dimension to it than perhaps we've been used to over the uh, the last couple of seasons. And Declan, um, the Ulster teams in there, we've got uh, Armagh, Donegal, Monaghan, Tyrone. Finton said there, you know, it'll be interesting to see how Tyrone uh, go. Who, who do you think will do well in, in amongst the Ulster teams there in Division 1? I think Tyrone are going to struggle simply because like you know, the 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 whole talk about Dublin was always that they'll go on forever and they're so good at like you know, replacing one in and taking one out and you know getting another guy in. But really, when you look at it, uh, they're Galacticos of the the last number of years and the last two years that ones that have dipped out. Dermot Connolly, Paul Mannion, Jack McCaffrey, Stephen Cluxton, and now you see that they are quite an ordinary outfit. And I would say there'll be a lot of teams looking at them and licking their lips, and even maybe one or two around Leinster that might say, you know what, we could give these boys a fair rattle. Like, you know, it was, it was okay losing a, 
losing a Rory O'Carroll <clears throat> when you had uh, you know when you had a Philip McMahon as a backup or something like that. But it's a whole other thing when you know special talents and lads that were the like a Jack McCaffrey that could make a goal happen out of no, nothing. Uh, same with Paul Mannion, same with Dermot Connolly, and then you know as good as I'm, Evan Comfort is. He is, and we discovered this, you know, with the trouble that, that Mayo put him in in the All-Ireland semi-final, is no Stephen Cluxton. So, Tyrone, while you might look at the players and say, well, Hugh Pat McGeary, he hardly ever seen game time anyway, that's fair enough. Um, he was a, essentially a backup player. But Tiernan McCann made differences in a lot of games that he played for Tyrone. Mark Bradley was an astonishing player at times, like in... Really, you know, when they were coming and looking at their players that they were putting faith in last year, they put their faith in Darren McCurry. Could have easily just been Mark Bradley. Could have easily have been Mark Bradley for the same type of role. And uh, they, I think they will they will find life difficult. I think that Armagh are up against it big time. This is year seven of Kieran McGinney. And, like, you know, there's only so much. Don't judge me on my trophies. Judge me on the environment I create before people start to get an overwhelming stench. Like, that this is just Seal's job that's going on. Like, you know, they've got Dublin in the very first game. Um, isn't that in uh, Croke Park? Yeah, that's Croke Park, yeah. Yeah, I first mean, thing, yeah. you know... Off to a poor start. If you if, if you get off to a poor start against Dublin, uh, then you can be just fighting thereafter for your your safety. And I mean, they've got Donegal in the championship. After that, um, that could be an uncomfortable couple of months there for them. Uh, it just happened to saw their semi final, the McKenna Cup, and look, nobody's judging anything on what happened in the McKenna Cup. But like you know. Armagh played Monaghan in the Championship last year in Real Swathern Day in Uri. And it was the exact same things. Like, you know, Armagh were in the lead going down the stretch and Monaghan needed to generate freeze. You know, you can say generate the freeze, but I think it was Conor McManus was fouled three times for three freeze that he put over to win the game. Uh, and again, when Armagh were in a command position against Monaghan, they just fouled and fouled and fouled and gave the game away. So, uh, right, okay, so we've gone through them too. Monaghan could be set for a wee bit of a, a good old run now. Caught their games. I'm very impressed. Connor Leonard, six foot four midfield, young, he's raw, he's still a teenager. But, like, you know, you're probably looking at the, the natural replacement for Darren Hughes in years to come. But, you, you know, Monaghan ought to be commended. Like, you know, they never ever really. I think Conor McMass is still playing football for Monaghan in about 42 years' time. Like, you know, he's 34 now. Darren Hughes is 34. Colin Walsh is, I think, 32. Ciardo Colin, 33. Like, and these boys know that, like, I mean, I don't know what the margin was against Throne and Ulster final in the end. Was it two points? But they know, like, you know, if we could only just get together and croak bar for one day, you never know what might come of that. But, uh, you know, I didn't. I didn't watch the Examiner uh, podcast today, but I saw a headline from it from Twitter, and it made sense to me. And that was Kerry will win the league, but not win the All Ireland. I think that's sort of what we're looking at for this league. Is uh, the team that need it most is probably Armagh. Need it. Like I mean, they would love a national title and all the rest. They're not coming near it. Uh, Toronto, I think, will have a wee bit of downtime. I'd say Kerry will get off to the blocks at big time and make a few statements in the league, and then then we'll see where, where we're at in the summer after that. And Stephen, what what are your insights into Division One? How, how do you think it'll pan out? 
Well, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it, Joe, because it's the first National League I think we've had in, in well, the first proper National League we've had in, in obviously, you know, three seasons, because obviously, you know, 2020's National League was disrupted, if I'm right. Uh, maybe towards the tail end of it, it was very disrupted with, with COVID. And then obviously last year was another event, uh, you know, with the three games in the regional leagues, it was just, you know, it was just, it, for me, it, it, it wasn't enjoyable at all. But one thing, I think Fenton touched on it there. Uh, I think he hit the nail on the head. He said, look, he says a lot of teams now are conditionally where they would have been maybe at March. I think everyone wants to hit the ground running. I think you've seen teams playing in the in the O'Byrne Cup and the McKenna Cup and the F, the M League, whatever it's called across in Westlake, that you've seen teams playing there that would never have appeared at this time of the year, you know, and, and even the whole thing as Fenton talked about the Sigerson and Kerry bringing those players back. So I do feel funny, Declan said Kerry, like I, I can't see anyone else winning the league but Kerry because obviously they have the bit between their teeth. Uh, you know, they seem to be very, very driven about it. Um, you know, they'll start off on Sunday, I think, with a comfortable win against Kildare. Um, you know, Jack will have been pumped for that. I'm sure he'll, he'll be making stories up and everything about the lack of respect Kildare have for Kerry and all sorts of carry on. Like, but even though they probably didn't mention Kerry, but uh, the interesting one's Armagh. I'm going to disagree with Daggy. I'm going to disagree with him. Um, I, I think Armagh could give Dublin a real good game on on, some, on Saturday night. I think Armagh are playing a nice brand of football. And yes, it has been a situation of so near yet so far for, 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 the, for the group and for Cairn. But I just I just feel watching them last year, I really, really did think they weren't a million miles away, Daggy. I, I don't think they were a million miles away. And, you know, you can talk about, you know, uh, yes, you're probably judged at this level of wins and trophies and things like that as well, but they haven't been, they have not been far away. Like, and, and I just feel if they can break that glass ceiling and stay in Division 1 this year in a seven-game league, you know, I, I think they could have a really, really good championship. But Monaghan are the team who continue to amaze me continue to amaze me because I've probably written them off myself for three or four years now feeling, you know, they're getting on a bit, their main men are getting on a bit, how long can they sustain this? But I, I just have a funny feeling this year, you know, it will catch up with them. Now, the team that I am going to uh, tip to, to, to struggle this year in Division 1 um, is Donegal. Is Donegal, and I, I don't think Donegal have made significant progress over the last number of years. Uh, I've seen them playing against Down in the McKenna Cup this year, and yes, I know it was the McKenna Cup, but I just did not see enough for Donegal that time to sort of say to myself that you know they're gonna they're gonna provide a big challenge in Division One, and I think some of their players look very leg heavy. Uh, if I'm gonna be honest now, look, the proof will be in the pudding come this weekend, but I'm going for I'm going for Kerry to win it. Armagh to be a surprise and uh, Donegal and Kildare to struggle. Okay, very interesting, uh, Stevie. Um, Fintan, Stevie uh, mentioned their Armagh that first game um, and Daglin's given his views on it. How do you think that'll go? That's uh, that's obviously Saturday night at 7 o'clock in, in Crow Park. Armagh, obviously, with their kind of free-flow free and ambitious style of football, coming up against Dublin in Crow Park in the first game, it's a big hurdle, isn't it? It is a big hurdle, but I imagine it's something they must be really looking forward to. Like the two lads touched on it last year at the regional leagues. Um, like from a player's point of view, the way it turned out for the Ulster teams in the Division One North, you know, it was like a series of like McKenna Cup games, I guess, you know, playing playing neighbours. I guess for an Armagh player, it must be pretty exciting for Saturday night. You're going to Cup Park, uh, playing Dublin, and it's a Dublin team, you know, as Declan kind of alludes to it, probably stripped a little bit of its aura because of the fact that they lost the Mayo in the championship last year. Um you know, like the amount of players that have kind of, I suppose, the turnover in the squad over the last 
maybe 24 to 36 months. Um, you know, it doesn't look like Paul Mannion is coming back. He's, he's kind of said that. Obviously, Kill McCoy players, some of their kind of emerging prospects, likes of, you know, Kylian O'Shea and that, they won't be involved because of uh, the club semi-final on Saturday. Um, so, I mean, Dublin are looking to players, like if you look at the O'Byrne Cup, it's going to be guys like Lee Gannon, um, you know, Cameron McCormick got a bit of a run. So these probably aren't the guys that are going to strike the fear into Armagh um, in that kind of sense, you know. So I imagine it's kind of a, a kind of a prospect uh, that they look forward to a lot from that point of view. Um, it, like the thing I think about Division 1 is that I think it's just going to be pretty cutthroat for those teams because of the fact that, as I said at the start, I think the likes of the Kerrys, Dublins, um, you know, Mayos are going to be really kind of going hard at it from the very, very start. Um, and you know, there's there's just no kind of easy fixtures kind of coming for teams, no kind of kind of gimmies at this stages. Um, and I think we're going to kind of find out a lot about that kind of, you know, the section below the kind of top fours, guys, who's kind of uh, well placed to challenge it over the next one. Absolutely, the first couple of games will, will tell us a lot. Just moving on to the second game there in Division One uh, on the Saturday at one forty-five, Declan. Um, Kerry, as we mentioned, um, under Jack O'Connor, uh, travelled to Kildare. Uh, how do you think that game will go? Routine Kerry win, um, especially probably always going to be a routine Kerry win. But then with Jack's intimate knowledge of the Kildare team, like it just make it all that more simple because like you just immediately identify uh, not even just matchups with any manager. Or any sort of backroom team worth their salt would have that they would they would have uh, considerable opposite analysis, opposition analysis done already. But but Jacks is is, is level. Um, so yeah, I, I would say it, see it being fairly straightforward now in that in that respect. Okay. Um, the next game is that Mayo Donegal game. That'll be a very very Stevie. That'll be a very very competitive game. Uh, Mayo v Donegal, it's in Mayo. Yeah, listen, look, the two teams that we know each other very well, Stephen Rochford's influence in the Donegal camp. I know Stephen Rochford's been there now three seasons, and you know, there's obviously, I think there's a lot of pressure on Donegal this year. There's a lot of pressure on, on him and Declan Bonner this year to, to, to produce the goods because obviously, over the last number of years, people have been touting them as the one team that could actually take Dublin. And you know, obviously, two very disappointing provincial uh, uh, campaigns back to back. Uh, you know, losing the final to Cavan, who are now in Division Four, and obviously losing last year, you know, in, in the quarterfinal to Tyrone was obviously a, a monumental blow for them. So um, it'll be very, very interesting to see, you know, how Donegal start this. But I just, I just have a feeling, uh, uh, Joe, that Donegal's going to struggle this year. I've said it before, but an interesting one for me, and I brought this up to Kay today. Actually, we're chatting about it. It'll be interesting to see how the Connacht teams start the National League, particularly those teams who have been using the Connacht Dome. Because it's a completely, it's like a different sport. It's like a different sport. You know, you're playing on a different pitch. The ball's moving really quick. You know, it's just, there's 122, 123 being rattled up there. Like, there's not going to be 123 scored on Saturday or Sunday against Donegal, I can tell you that. So, it'll be interesting to see how the Connacht teams in particular, you know, Mayo, Roscom and Galway, really adapt to playing three or four games in that dome and then going on to sort of heavy, heavy sod of, of Markovich Park on, on, on Sunday and the like, you know. Yeah, it is very conducive to to that sort of fast uh, fast flow of football, uh, Fintan. Um, what are your thoughts on that Mayo Donegal game? Yeah, well, I suppose it's going to be interesting to see kind of how Mayo approach the season. Um, because I think of all the other final losses that they've suffered, I think it was probably the most bitter in terms of the fallout. I mean, 
generally they have been regarded as having performed fairly well in most of their all Ireland final performances. I think last year was probably one of the, the biggest letdowns for themselves. Um, you know, like they've been involved in these kind of epic tussles against Dublin and kind of pushed them all the way and kind of losing heroically. But definitely the sense was after that game uh, that they didn't quite, they, don't, they obviously didn't perform. And the missed chances, you know, obviously the penalty from Ray Dunhu in the second half and that. Um, one of the biggest changes is interesting is that Stephen Cohen has kind of become captain. Um, uh, you know, in terms of, I suppose, a sign that perhaps the, the team is kind of moving to that, you know, himself and Dermot O'Connor probably came through from that 2016 under-21 winning team and, and how they're kind of starting to lead the way. Um, and obviously the biggest news then of the last month probably for them and say in the, in the GA world is the fact that Rushing Mullen is staying with them, you know. Um, I mean, we I, you look around the country in terms of the the impact that these guys can have. Let's see, you look at Conor Glass and Derry, you know, and how these kind of AFL decisions can kind of revitalise the county's fortunes. I mean, you know, like from a carry point of view, I'm sure Mark O'Connor will be the, the game changer if they could get him back. But all not to Mullen, it just seems to, you definitely think they still do have a really, really solid base, but it's just from there up. Um, I mean, I'd be interested to know what's their approach going to be at midfield this year with Matty Ruan? You know, are they going to look for a partner for him? Are they going to stick with Conor Loftus um, or see better suited in the forward line? Um, you're looking at kind of Reynold Dunhu and Tommy Connery's continued development, but then it's probably the age old, probably getting another attacking option. You know, Aidan Orm kind of showed up quite well for Knockmore in the club championship. They had a good run winning Mayo and obviously getting to the con final. Uh, club final. Uh, he came out at the very end of the all Ireland last year as well. Um, maybe he's going to be a guy that has an option. Um one interesting factor for them as well, I suppose, is the fact that they don't have the use of Castle Bar. So, like, Sunday's game's on in, uh, I think it's Markovich Park. And then um, I'm not sure where the home advantage for the rest of their games. You know, I'm sure they'll still have huge support um, for them. But uh, it'll be kind of interesting to see uh, see how that plays out for them. Declan, a huge boost there for Mayo, as Fenton was saying. Uh, Oshin Mullen stays. Um, is, it, is it important that Mayo get a really good league campaign so they can kick off and win that elusive All-Ireland? I don't know. I, I don't particularly buy that because, like you know, they've they've won the league title a couple of years ago, and uh, thankfully, like they they celebrated it because I think that it's important that the league title is not just seen as something to be ashamed of. Like you know, immediately after you win it, like you get into a final and should be played for and all the rest. But again, it didn't it didn't make any difference to them in the championship. Like they still had their championship season. I don't think there is any. It's just it's it's purely it's purely to find out where, where you're at and it's to try to find a few different combinations and so on. I just I just don't think that it's all that relevant. I think that um, unless you have if you haven't won a national title before, yes, go for it, go for the league. I mean, this is where your armas should be going for the league. Absolutely, should be going ball headed for a league title. But like for a team like Mayo. Who are consistently in the top three, top four. It doesn't really make a ma- it doesn't really matter to them because they've, they've broke that. They've done everything but win the all iron, so it doesn't really matter. It really doesn't count for them. It, it's not at all relevant to them. And uh, just moving on to that final all Ulster game, uh, Stevie, all Ireland champions Tyrone against McKenna Cup winners, Monaghan. Um, Will Tyrone suffer a hangover from the All Ireland in the in the National League, or how do you think that game will go? It's hard to know. You know, obviously it was it was well documented. The lads had a good holiday uh, over the Christmas break in in Dubai or wherever they were, and you know, obviously they came back and McKenna Cup was a bit flat. 
Um, you know, they obviously ingrained a few players in their first couple of games, and you know, we haven't seen them playing full, you know, full out yet. But to be honest, with you, like a lot of those boys now, that uh, Joe at this stage, or sorry, at this at this year, like you know, they really, really look after themselves. No people can sort of look at a team holiday and and sort of say, oh, they had enjoyed themselves and a few beers, or whatever. But those lads are in the gym every morning too, you know, and the players. Players nowadays really, really look after themselves. But the fact that they've lost probably a two-week block of training, went and talked about it as well, about how these teams are really, really hitting the ground running now. They might find themselves a week or two off the pace, Joe. Uh, but the fact that the game is in Oma, um, you know, I think it, there's absolutely zero love lost between Tyrone and Monaghan. Zero love lost. Tyrone will not, want to, will not want to be beaten in this game. There's been very, very little between the teams. And I actually wouldn't rule out uh, a first weekend draw this game because it, it, it could be that tight you know it could go down to the wire so I, I would say home advantage Tyrone by the minimum are very very close to a draw Any thoughts on that Declan or Finton? Go ahead Finton Yeah well I suppose it's it's just it's just the new situation that Tyrone find themselves in this year you know they can probably kind of afford to relax a little bit for the first uh, couple of rounds Um you know, not long back off the, the kind of team holiday um, and all that. Um, but, I mean, you know, from Monaghan's point of view, like, you know, the, the kind of reinvention that Declan kind of touched on earlier uh, with kind of some of the guys that they've added, you know, um, I think every year it's kind of the same old thing as kind of trotted with it this time that they are kind of an aging side, you know, but they do seem to continuously kind of get to the latter stages, you know, the contesting Ulster finals and continuously competitive in Division 1. I mean, they preserve their status every year when they've probably been kind of maybe favourites in a lot of people's eyes with kind of relegation at the start of the season, but they've continuously stayed up, obviously, in fairly sensational style last year with that uh, with that game against Galway. Um, and, you know, obviously, Tyrone win the other semi final against Kerry and they win the other final against Mayo, and those are the games people are focusing on. But you imagine from Monaghan's point of view, they do have a lot of regrets when they're kind of thinking back to the that game in uh, in Crow Park in July, given the fact that it was a knockout nature. Um, so I imagine that they're going to be pretty much eyeing up this one, you know. Like, every team will when they play the All-Ireland Champions first day out, but I think you know, when it comes to the league, but I think Monaghan in particular will be, uh, will be gunning for this one. Okay, lads, uh, interesting views there on Division 1. What we'll do is we'll move on to Division 2 and not spend too long on Division 2. Uh, Fintan, I'll, I'll just come back to you uh, the teams in Division 2, we've got Clare, Cork, Down, Derry, Offaly, Roscommon, Meath, Galway. That's a very strong division, isn't it? It is, yeah. I think it's going to be pretty cultural, you know. Um, I mean, if you look in terms of kind of the bottom, first of all, um, like the two sides that just survived last year were Cork and Down. Um, I think both could be up against it, you know. I mean, from a Cork point of view, like... If a new manager in and keep breaking, and there's all this optimism because of the underage success, but uh, for different reasons, like I suppose they've had a few, they've a few injuries which rule out a few guys. There were four or five guys then that have kind of opted out of the panel this year. Um, Mark Collins is unavailable at the moment. Uh, then the guys like Rory Dean, Sean White, just experienced operators, you know. And I was down to the Black Cup final on Sunday, on Saturday, when they were playing Kerry. Um, look, there's obviously a huge gap between the sides anyway on the basis of what's happened over the last couple of years, but they looked a very, very youthful outfit. Um, you know, it's going to take them a couple of years to kind of get up some of their players to kind of get up to the level of uh, of senior county football. Uh, obviously, I went out to St. Finbar's guys as well. They're in the All-Ireland Club uh, Championship on Saturday. That's about four or five different options there. Um, like the lads are no better than I would, but I mean, Kilku, are you looking at maybe three or four options as well for down squad in terms of that? So, you know, that's going to 
Can, that kind of hampers uh, the options for you know managers in this situation. Ross Common obviously in the same boat with the Pierce's guys, you know. So for the first couple of rounds, um, I mean, look at a course schedule for example. They're away to Ross Common, uh, then they're home to Clare. Um, both sides who in league bases have kind of had the upper hand on them over the last couple of years, you know. So I suppose that's kind of looking at the the kind of bottom sense of it. Um, in terms of kind of side chasing promotion, I suppose one of the sides I'm interested to look at is Galway because. I think if you look around the country, they stand out to me as one of the sides that kind of maybe most affected by the COVID situation. Like the momentum they had, if you can think back to early 2020, before the shutdown, and they never really seemed to get that back. I mean, they only played one championship game in 2020, uh, subsequently lost that by point to Mayo. Um, and then last year, obviously, really, really disappointing for them, the way they lost uh, and got relegated. And then obviously fell away in the second half really badly uh, against me in the Connacht final so I think they're a side with a good bit to prove um, obviously look a lot of underage players coming through again from the, the 2020 under under 20 win um, Keane O'Neill in as a new coach uh, it's probably Joyce's third year I think they'll be looking to hit the ground running and especially probably looking to prove that uh, you know their preparations were impacted the last couple of years and, and that was kind of a big reason why uh, they didn't really didn't really kind of raise much of a gallop last season one team that sticks out there, Daclan, uh, that a lot of people say are in the ascendancy is is Derry. What what are your thoughts on on, on Derry in Division Two? They have been taking it um, very serious. Uh, training weekends, in-house training weekends already on the go. Uh, loads and loads and loads of training and loads of demands being made of them. Uh, just typical Rory Gallagher team, like you know, just extremely well organised and set up and well uh, drilled, and they will be doing absolutely everything expected of them. And if they don't, they'll hear it on the line coming from him. Uh, and it's one of those ones that, uh, like he was with he was with Donegal for three years as as manager. He was with Fermanagh for two years. This is heading in now to. To year three now of Dunning of Derry that things have to start sticking for him a wee bit. He will be, even though nobody's going to say it, but he he'll be happier to have a uh, Carl McKeg, Christian McKeg, Brendan Rogers back among the squad. And knowing those guys, uh, you know the sort of way they saw it with when they lost the football final on the seventh of November to Glen. Uh, they were back in the Tuesday night hurling and they were glad to be back in the hurling straight back into it so I would say uh, tomorrow night they'll be in Derry training they'll not be too much licking on the wounds they'll be getting ready for the National League campaign and that was the problem with Derry for years and years people talked about Damien Barton's sides and, and Damien McElhern's being poor and like really when you looked at, back at it you know if you take uh, Chrissy McCaig out of centre back and you take Brendan Rodgers out of full back you take Carl McKeg and Paul McNeil out of the corners, right? Well, that was four of your back six that was missing for successive league uh, campaigns. And this was going on for years and years. With Derry Slot Neil's progress into the All-Iron Semis and All-Iron Finals was killing them because they had no way of working on their defensive structure when four out of their back six wasn't even there. So I think that you're going to see a very keen, a, a, a very hungry kind of Derry with all the players such as the Gareth McKinnises that have come in and out over the last number of years. He's found a new home for Padraig Cassie at wing back. Um, I, I, I can see them at least uh, giving it a fair go. Um, and you look, you're in against good teams. There's no doubt about that. 
But you would have to say, if you're picking your top three teams, you'd be probably putting them in amongst them, wouldn't you? Right now, just for thinking that they're good enough. I mean, you know, Clare are Clare, and there just does seem to be a wee bit of a glass ceiling with, with that with that crowd. Um, awfully, Derry walloped them in the Division Three final. They're just they're not they're not really on the same level. Meath, we get back to them. Galway, enigmatic as ever. Down, uh, they'll they'll find it hard to get off the ground a wee bit. Roscommon, as Fenton said, missing the Pearson lads, and Cork are um, well. Let's just wait and see because. We just don't know yet, but I would I would give Derry a fair chance now of getting promotion. Stephen, you have a lot of familiarity with obviously Down and Russ Common there. Um, how do you think those two teams will fare out? Yeah, I think when Clinton talked about it, there's, there's obviously another variable factor there as well. Russ Common, a couple of lads away traveling this year as well. She and Cavorn's gone on for the year would have been a, would have been an ever present last year wing forward. Uh, but also Damerd and Kieran Murder's team won the intermediate championship, Connacht championship. So Damerd and Kieran are, are obviously a massive, massive blow. Fourteen and eleven for us common last year. The three dailies, um, you know, Davy Murray for the starting six defenders. So it's a rebuilding process for Anthony. Um, you know, it's difficult to rebuild as well in, in year four. But look, you know, listen, us common still have some very, very good footballers. Some very, very good footballers, and unquestionably, you know, they'll, they'll do enough. They'll do enough. Whether they'll do enough to be promoted or not is 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 up for debate because it's a division that could go any way. And I think, you know, I, I think lads, it'll come down to the first couple of fixtures here. You know, Derry, Derry play down. You know, Galway play me. Then they're away to down. I'm um, just looking here, you know, and then in their third game, um, you know, Galway are away to Cork. And like your, your season can hinge on, on the first two or three games. You know, if those first two or three games don't go well for you, all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're looking down rather than up, you know, and that's that, that can be so pivotal in this in this league. And just looking at those teams, probably one of the most competitive Division 2s now in a while with with every team there will obviously have aspirations, you know, of... of of obviously staying in the league and a large part proportion of them will have aspirations of going to Division 1 but I agree with what Fenton said about Galway I really think Galway will win this division um, I, I think I think people are very very disrespectful of Galway I think Galway are a good side I came, came up against them a couple of times last year I was probably you know relatively not disrespectful publicly but I was relatively probably just didn't really think that some of their younger players were on the level that, that people were propelling them to be but like Shane Walsh cracking footballer Conroy brilliant footballer when they're allowed to play when they're allowed to play and one thing that Mayo done in the Connacht final when, when Galway were four or five points up they shut those key men down you know but big Matthew Tierney there stepped up in the under 20s now the full back's going to be a massive massive blow Um, a big uh, the big man done his cruciate last week and he's going to be a huge blow for them but listen it'll be it'll be interesting down are going to struggle Joe there's no point in trying to brush it up in any other way James knows it's going to be difficult Aidan knows it's going to be difficult uh, they have an absolute crisis at the minute an absolute injury crisis at the minute that you wouldn't believe um, so it, it's going to be it is going to be a very very difficult start for down home to, or away to Derry and home to Galway and I'm just hoping I'm just hoping that we can get a couple of points in the board uh, before we get to game five which is home to Offaly which could ultimately be a do or die game uh, in, in round five in Park Esther but, but interestingly down have moved all their home games to a Saturday evening 
which does tend to harbour a good atmosphere in Park Astro. So hopefully people will get out, get behind the team because it's going to be a young side. You're going to see some young players, the likes of, of big uh, Warren Murdoch there from Burn, who had a fantastic championship. He's only 18 years of age. And I hope down people remember that these young people are only very, very young and in a very inexperienced side. And we can't expect or demand too much of them. But listen, with a bit of luck now, Joe, in the next couple of years, we'll see some of the, of the really, really good uh, underage players coming through the pav. Uh, and maybe Division 3, is the division to rebuild rather than this division because this is going to be a very, very steep learning curve for Down, particularly early in the campaign when you think of the aggression and press that Derry are going to put on the kickout, that Galway are going to absolutely go after the kickout. Some big, big, strong athletic men. But it's interesting, but Fenton, I'd, I'd love to hear your views again on, on Cork. Cork are, are, are baffling for me. They are absolutely baffling. Like for a county with the size of the county, with the, the personnel that they have, with the financial backing that they have, you know, everything is there. Like I I, I can't get my finger on it at all, Joe. And I, I just don't, I can't work it out. And it's 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 mad that you think that a county like Cork stayed up in the last day of the season last year by a point against Westmead. Like with all due respect to Westmead, but like when we were with Carlo, you know, Westmead didn't beat us in three seasons, like, you know, in competitive action. So like I, I, like I, I can't see you know, how a county like Cork can be scraping, scraping and, 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 and fighting for results like that when they should really be putting teams like that to the sword by seven or eight points. So it'll be interesting to see how they go. But that, that game between Roscommon and Cork on Sunday, I think, is a pivotal game for both sides because Roscommon are away to Roscommon are away to Meade the following week and Cork are at home to Clare. And if Cork can get something in Hyde Park on Sunday, they'll beat Clare the following week. And then they're going to end the game three absolutely bouncing. Uh, full of confidence against the Derry team with a fancy their chances. So it'll be interesting to see how the fixtures go this weekend, you know. Interesting point there um, that Stephen made there, Finton, about Cork and, you know, all their sort of potential and size of Cork and so on. Um, they're up against Ross Common there. Um, how do you think that game will go? Or even answering Stevie's sort of question that he had there. So we could be here all night for trying to, I suppose, to, 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 to decide, you know, where it's gone wrong for them. But, like, I would say that they had a good bit of momentum behind them at the end of the 2019 season. Um, they reached the Super 8s that year. Did fairly well for about 55, 60 minutes against Dublin. Um, started very well against Tyrone, actually, in Crow Park as well. Got a couple of early goals. But since then, it's kind of gone off the rails. Obviously, they had the, the famous win over Kerry uh, in November 2020, but, you know, that was a great chance for that team to get a, to get Munster medals, and they didn't manage to do it. Um, things obviously completely unraveled last year, and it was the end of the Ronan McCarthy year in charge. Keith Ricken has come in. Um, you know, you've had a lot of kind of older, experienced guys in the squad uh, for different reasons have moved on. You know, I touched on the kind of four or five who aren't going to be involved now. Um, we see if we talked about the down injury crisis, you know, that's kind of happened to Cork as well over the last couple of weeks. They lost two guys from the UCC game last week, Ryan Hartnett and Dermot Phelan, younger guys who have been looking to develop. Uh, they brought on a guy, Damien Gore, who was playing very good football on uh, on Saturday in the McGrath final. Uh, he was in the just before half time, he had to be taken off at half time. The first ball he went for, he kind of jarred his knee. Um, they don't think it's cruciate damage, but they're not quite hopeful of him being available for the first couple of games. Um, and then let's say someone like Ian Maguire has been kind of pivotal to the squad over the last couple of seasons in terms of the leadership he offers on the pitch. Obviously his focus at the moment is the club semi-final um, on Saturday. So like in the long term, in terms of the minor under 20, there are kind of raw materials coming there. I think that Keith Rickon has assembled a good backroom team. Um, you know, one of the things I suppose that Cork have been accused of as being maybe a bit 
kind of insular in their thinking in terms of the football. He's thought outside the box with some of the guys they brought in, like James Lockery has come straight into it as a kind of a defensive coach. I think he's quite a good guy to get in. Uh, Ray Keane, who'd be a brother of Peter Keane, the former Kerry manager, and he'd have had good success in the club scene in Cork, winning with St. Finbars in 2018. He's come in as a selector. Um, he's brought John Cleary back as a coach who would have been involved with 21 teams about 10 years ago. So I think in the long term, I think there's positive signs, you know, if you can develop these guys and the artist management team can stick with it and develop. But I just think it's going to be pretty unforgiving the start of it. Now, maybe the thing is leveled up a bit, as Stevie said, like the fact that the Pierce's guys and the Murtas are gone. Um, you know, the cross are in the same boat with the number of absentees that they have. But it's quite difficult to go up there. Uh, like the second game, like as regards the other team from Munster, I think this is a big, big year for the Clare footballers in terms of the way that the draw has panned out in Munster. I mean, they've been crying out to just avoid Kerry over the last couple of years. Well, they've avoided Kerry and Cork. So I think they have a huge chance. I mean, it's 10 years since they last were in a Munster final. Um, obviously, Colin Collins is there a long time now, but I think that they will really, I mean, they were looking for a promote, promotion playoff last year to Division One when they played Mayo. So I'd be expecting them to really be looking to kind of hit the ground running. I mean, they were home to uh, Offaly on Sunday for their first game. I think they'll be favourites to win that. And then they're going down to Park and Creed the following Saturday night. They've had a couple of big wins away to Cork over the last couple of years. Um, I think they won't fear that. And I, I'd imagine in their camp, there must be a huge enthusiasm this year, the way the, the provincial draw has kind of panned out. And like there's a big carrot there for those players um, in terms of to kind of, to kind of get to a provincial final this year. Declan, we haven't really touched on Mead. Uh, obviously, all that Division One experience coming up against the top teams in Ireland. Surely that's going to help them in, in Division 2. They come up against Galway. They're away to Galway in the first game. Yeah, they might be a bit more flintier and, and, and more experienced. And we know all about their, their major players. And, you know, they're no, they're no surprise to us now. You know, it, it is going to equip them. Um, but so much of this is all predicated on, like, you know, your sort of the order of your draw and, you know, who, who you're getting at home, how many uh, home games are going to be. Uh, just looking here now, and they're getting their, you know, that's a tough out assignment, their first game, like, away to Galway. Thereafter, um, they're playing then on Sunday, aren't they? Uh, yeah. They're playing, who are they? I'm just looking up here now. Second game is home nurse common. Ach, look, you know, Look, any time in Division 1 is going to help you when you're in Division 2, but I just feel uh, sometimes it's just all about feeling, all about uh, momentum and more, who you're gathering up around you, who you have at that particular time. And uh, I don't know if I'd be particularly picking out Meath as the team that that, that, that could surprise teams or, or, or head on up through that division, to be, to be frank. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they go. Uh, just we'll move on briefly, lads. We'll spend a couple of minutes briefly on Division Three. Uh, Daclan, we have Antrim, Fermanagh, Leash, Limerick, Longford, Louth, Westmeath, and Wicklow. Who do you think will win it, and who do you think will be involved in the relegation battle? Well, um, I'm just going to take a look at this Division Three. Uh, that's a funny one. And that, like, Westmeath are the ultimate yo-yo team. Like, well, I don't know how many years there were on the go there where they just never stayed in the same division. Uh, six or seven years, like, that they went straight up to Division 1, didn't they? And then Look literally went right back down to Division 4, I think. Um, you've got teams there that are 
at all sorts of different stages of their life cycle. Like Limerick are just a solid Division Three, Division Four team. They don't tend to get into Division Two ever. Longford, um, I can't remember the last time they were up. Leash will bounce between two and three. And from to my recollection, the last time that they were in Division One was was, was two thousand and eleven. Uh, two thousand and eleven was it? Yeah, two thousand eleven under under Baker Bradley. Uh, Louth obviously will be coming. Um, you know, Mickey Hart and, and Gavin Devlin have done an awful lot of work there behind the scenes. People in Louth would tell you that you know that they were amazed to see just how many games that the two boys went to the the club championship that they went to practically every game they've done a lot of work in the darva center of excellence in terms of just reorganizing it and sort of making it more loud friendly and you know just create more of an identity in that facility um and they've also actually been doing a huge amount of advice to underage structures in the county uh, you know more local to home for Mana, uh, you know, with Owen Donnelly retiring, uh, there that's already a huge loss. Like you know, Kieran Donnelly's in there. Uh, he it's ten years after he was in as a trainer for Peter Canavan. He'd be well liked, very popular man about the county, very clued in. Has been with Scotstown and Calvin Gales over the last number of years. Uh, has won big with them. Um, no stranger to 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 knowing his way around the tactical side of the game and all the rest, but um, just with Owen Donnelly retiring, and you would be hoping, and you just suspect that he might not get that, is that the Derek Donnelly boys would, would whoever is going to come out of Derek Donnelly would just instantly say, right, we're in, we're in now, we're not waiting. Uh, but I just kind of get the sense that there'll be a wee bit of uh, wound licking going on there for another week or two. Uh, Saw them against Monaghan down Clonus there one day. Kieran made the point that pretty much the 15 that played all had had COVID in the in the weeks previous, and he was just delighted about their their stamina. And they only made one substitution in the entire game, uh, over 76, 78 minutes. So, like, you know, they're coming up against the team there, Antrim, and uh, Steve O'Neill, Stevie Quinn, Sean Kelly, they know an awful lot more about what their, their players are like. But one thing I'll say uh, was I think that Paddy Cunningham twice came off the bench against Sligo, certainly, and uh, I forget who the other team might have been, and won the game with a last second, kind of last gasp, last play point. Uh, they don't have Paddy anymore. And um, while you might say that, you know, you have to look to the future and all that, like, you know, there was a, a, a bona fide game winner that they could call on that's no longer part of their panel. Uh, so all this is a long one way of me saying to you, Joe, that I think Leash and uh, possibly Antrim, Westmeath and Fermanagh are going to get up to Division 2. <laughs> Antrim, Stevie, you've spoken to Andy McGinley on a couple of occasions on the podcast. He seems to have this Antrim team going very well. Yeah, listen, Paddy McBride, I get, I get on very well with Paddy. Um, I was chatting to him the other day, actually, we were a schools match, and I was chatting to him, and, uh, you know, they're, they're full of confidence, Joe. They're full of confidence. It wouldn't be like Antrim people, particularly uh, boys like McBride from the west west of Belfast, not to have confidence, not to be cocky. 
So uh, McBride's cock a hoop about this league. Uh, they're, they're getting promoted with two games to spare. He says, no, he, he'll kill me for that, actually. He'll kill me for that. No, listen, they, they don't fear anyone, Joe. They don't fear anyone. And uh, Joe, it's probably the one league. Look at that league, right, realistically. And Decky went through it there. And I'm not going to spend too much time on it. If you actually look at every one of those teams, I'm not sure if you agree with me here. I would say that every one of those teams and their management team kicking the season off will believe they can get promoted. And, and I think it's, I don't think it's a very, very difficult league to get out of, you know, when you actually look at it and you can gather a bit of momentum. Like Limerick, Billy Lee, come on, have great respect for Billy Lee and Limerick. And he's been there now five or six years. Limerick have some fine, fine footballers, massive, massive men, massive men. It could be a tough year for Billy, Billy O'Loughlin in, in Longford. It's Billy's first plumbing at inter county level management. Billy, by all accounts, from the lads in Carlo, is a decent coach, but it is some step up the senior in the county level coming from from managing you know at, at club level and things like that as well so that it could be difficult I know Podrick Davis's first ambitions as a Longford manager would have always been to stay in three so you know Longford could could be could be you know could be a difficult year but Fermanagh Antrim will both believe they get promoted here and them well organised Louth and Leash again both teams on you know will, will believe new management teams as well uh, for Leash uh, with with Billy uh, Sheehan, Westmead, Wicklow. Wicklow have lost Davy Burke. Davy had them seriously, seriously well organised, hard to beat. I don't know if Colin Kelly will will, will bring that same sort of defensive a uh, uh, discipline that, that that Davy would have brought. So I, I'm going to go for for Westmead. Decky touched on them. Uh, a complete and a, a yo-yo team in the fact that you know one to four, four to one. Uh, you know. Uh, up again to two last year, could have stayed in two. Um, but I'm, I'm going to go for Westmeath to, to be promoted along with uh, along with probably Fermanagh. And I'm going to say Antrim will cause a few surprises. And the two to get relegated for me will be Wicklow and possibly Longford. Would you go along with that, Fintan? Yeah, like one of the things, the stats that kind of sound out to me when like Declan's gone through it there is just the other new managers are... You know, in the case of maybe Enda McGillian and Mickey Hart, you know, this is their second year and probably their first proper go at it in terms of the way last year's inter-county season was. I mean, I think Jack Cooney and Billy Lee aside, um, I mean, they're kind of obviously well-established with their teams. They kind of know them very well in out. But like you've Colin Kelly, uh, Kieran Donnelly, Billy Sheehan, Billy O'Loughlin for all the first-time managers. And then, like I said, um, like McGinley and Hart, well, they had the experience of last year. You know, it was a kind of obviously a very difficult season in terms of only getting going properly um, in the middle of May. Um, like there isn't really a standout side here in the way that I imagine when we go to Division 4, three of us are probably all going to pick Cavan to, to kind of get promoted. And sometimes you have that in three or four, there's kind of one team. I think Derry last year probably would have been the example uh, in Division 3. Um, you know, Westmead, I suppose, given the way that they kind of went down, um, you know, it was a pretty high-scoring game against Cork and that kind of relegation playoff you know, I think that they'd be probably kind of tipping them to kind of come back up. Um, obviously, they're generally involved in kind of relegation or promotion kind of most of the years. And I'd probably go along with the lads are say, saying, um, probably might just say Antrim, maybe to, to kind of build on the momentum last year um, and to kind of get promoted. But it's going to be interesting to see how a good few of these first-time managers, how they kind of find it, you know, a few of them have kind of difficult tasks ahead of them. Yeah, it'll be certainly interesting to see how they go. Fintan, you mentioned uh, Division 4 there. Uh, we'll just go through it briefly. Carlow, Cavan, Leitrim, London. Sligo, Tipperary, Waterford, Wexford. Obviously, you mentioned Cavan there and, you know, alongside Tipperary or what way do you see that going? Well, they're the two that stand out. I mean, like when they got Boca relegated last year, it was nine months since they both won provincial titles on the same day. So it's kind of pretty extraordinary um, the way it kind of panned out for them. Um, 
I think it was Calvin got surprised by Whitlow, I think it was, wasn't it? Under uh, under yeah. Davy Burke. And then Tipperary had lost that awfully. Um, they'll both be the favourites to kind of go back up. The one thing I suppose to Tiff's point of view, Michael Quinlan often out is kind of the big uh, talking point. Um, they've obviously, Brian Fox is retired as well. Um, so you'd imagine a lot of the onus is going to be on Connor Sweeney to kind of lead the way up front. Sean O'Connor is probably kind of one of their best young forwards kind of emerging, but like the loss of someone like Quinlevin, his experience, you know, I think that's huge for them. Um, like one of the interesting things that Davy Power said, like in terms of preparation, this is kind of a difficult one. He said, it'll be interesting to see what happens to the tip hurlers panel over the next few weeks. So I wonder, is he thinking that if the tip hurlers are kind of cutting their panel after about six weeks, he obviously has his eyes on a few guys to kind of come into it, but that's kind of not really ideal for them kind of at the moment in this uh, setting, you know, um, you imagine Cavan must be going to kind of get back out of there, you know, straight away. So um, they are probably the two that kind of stand out for me. Maybe Sligo as well. Um, under Tony McEntee, probably to kind of maybe push the two of them closest. Yeah, Stevie, Sligo, Tipperary, uh, Cavan. Who do you think will go up? Yeah, listen, Andy Moran. Andy Moran will give Leitrim a bounce. He'll give yeah. them a bounce. You know, again, it's a division that, you know, yes, Cavan are standout. Um, you know, Tipperary have found themselves back in there again after after being in Division Two not so long ago. Davy Parr, I, I think Davy's a decent manager. I think I like the way he had the team set up uh, a couple of years ago when they won the Munster title. They were very, very well organized, played a very basic system, but played to their strengths. But they did have as, as Fenton, I, I was unaware of that Fenton actually, I didn't follow the news that Quinn Levin had stepped away. It's a huge, huge loss for them. Um, so, so that, that will be a big void to fill. But uh, Cavan unquestionably should, should walk out of the division, but. But saying that, like I remember going to Leitrim a few years ago, and like you know, nowhere to warm up, warming up in changing rooms, getting out onto the field with twelve minutes to go to throw in the field, like up muck up to your ankles. You know, Carrick and Shannon's a very very difficult place to go to at the best of times. Never mind the end of January, although the weather's been quite good. But listen, I, I, it'll be a tough start for Cavan away to Leitrim. Leitrim get their full of it. They're proud football and people over there. There's a lot of work going on at underage level. I was across a few years ago with their development squad coach stuff. They are putting a fierce amount of work in. Uh, you know, and Andy, Andy is seems to be a really good guy. The reports coming back as well from from people I spoke to is that he he's a very very good coach, a very astute coach. And he, how could he not be being involved in some of the setups that he's been involved in? But sometimes what happens is, and it probably happened, Jared Brennan at Carlo. Jared Brennan went into Carlo a few years ago when 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 I stepped away, when myself and Turek stepped away, and you know probably tried to stamp nearly like a Dublin type template on them. And you just don't have the same quality of player that that you have, you know, with all due respect. And so it's it's important probably that 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 you know those teams sort of you know fit the cloth to suit. But Carlo will struggle. Uh, you know, Joe, I'm not going to mention London because I know you're very confident of promotion with London this year, Joe. You know, <laughs> a few pounds in London each way to go. Uh, I'll cut that out, Stevie. I'll cut that out. He's going to make Ruslip a, a fortress, you told me, like, you know, uh, uh, but, um, you know, so look, look, London will get a tough, Joe, as you know, uh, particularly not having played in a couple of years as well. It's going to be difficult for you, but, you know, fair play is we're putting a lot of work in over there and I know the restrictions that you have. It's it's absolutely incredible to yourselves, the work that you put in because even logistically chatting to yourself and clearing the last time, lads to travel on a tube, 90 minutes to training, like, some lads here in Ireland don't realise they're living like when they're complaining about having to go to training, like you know. So it's it's it is a tough one. But look, Waterford are going to struggle again. They're just going to struggle. Simple as that. Uh, temporary. It'll it'll be difficult without Quinn Living. So I I'm, I'm going to go for Cavan, and I'm, I'm just going to go for a wee sneaky feeling that Andy Moran will give uh, will give Leader a bounce. He'll give Leader a bounce, and that's that's the two I'm going to go for out of four. 
Jacqueline, we'll, we'll give you the last word. No, I just tell you what, Joe, you know, when it was, it was actually mentioned today, was that the, the whole thing about uh, London coming back? I mean, can you give us an insight? Uh, yeah, I'd well, gen genuinely be interested in finding out because, you know, spent a few years myself few years. And, and know Two. a lot of the sort of characters in the county board and that. So what, what's the feeling there? Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, uh, it's great to have London back, back playing. You know, two years since London uh, really played a competitive game. And, um, you know, it's it's just good to get London back on a football on a football pitch, you know, playing competitive football. And uh, obviously we're, we're heading over there at the weekend. Uh, we're going to be playing uh, Carlo. So it'll be a tough game, you know. First game back, uh, you know, we're training away, doing what we can. You Plus, know. Uh, like, you know, McGovern Park was done up not so long ago and really, like, you know, he hadn't had an opportunity to really show it off. Like, you know, county fans and that have given, have, have got a wee bit of coverage and that over here. But, like, for the, by and large, the rest of the world doesn't get to see just this this lovely facility, incredible looking uh, suspended stand and so on. Like, you know, but... Um, well, what what is the? There's no huge acquisitions or anything like that for players. Or we've uh, because it's been two years since we played. We do have a high high turnover of players, mm -hmm. massive turnover of players. A lot of those lads that we had, you know, before COVID would have a lot of them would have went home, or they wouldn't have stayed on, or they would have went to Dubai or these other places. So there, there there's a massive turnover of players in London. So I think for London at the minute, it's just about getting back on a pitch and getting yep. back competing in, in Division 4, you know. Daggy, Daggy, London came over to Ireland a few weekends ago on a training weekend, right? And they had the option... No way. They had the option of staying in Dublin or staying in Newry, right? So Joe, Joe rang me and he says, what do you think? And I said, well, look, Joe, <laughs> Dublin, you know, we're talking about facilities, teams you could play, et cetera, et cetera, right? And Joe says, no, no, Stevie, if we stay in Dublin, the pubs are closed at eight. If we go to Newry, we can play Dublin <laughs> So there you go. So they went to Nuri and they played down in the challenge match. <laughs> went to the canal court after it. Yeah. It was good. It was good. No, but it's 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 good to have London back in. It's good for, for the lads over here, for the London lads over here to go back and play good competitive football in division four. So definitely love What is uh, Michael Mahers? Is the am I right in saying Michael Mahers the first sort of London born bred guy to manage the county team? He is, yeah, yeah, he is. Um, what job is he, Joe? He's round Tars over here. So, so he's South London. So, well, yeah, doing a great job. So Good. hopefully we can get back competing again. That's that's the key thing for, for London. Fair play, Joe. Thanks, Stevie. Uh, Declan, we'll finish with you. Uh, what? How do you think that Division 4 will pan out? Yeah, I just like, um, there's, there's, there's no doubt about it. Like, you know, uh, Mickey Graham is a very, very astute football manager. How they ended up in Division Four is just kind of—it's uh, just—it's inconceivable. I just don't—it's just one of these really strange things. Like you know, Sligo and Tony Mack will be thinking they've got a good chance going and doing something big here. Uh, but Calvin plus one for me is going up. Uh, just not quite sure whether it'll be Tip or Sligo. Uh, Waxford, the 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 asses sort of falling out of the bucket for it a wee bit, and the rest of them just aren't at the sort of, you know, where you have to gather up for two or three years to to put a wee bit of a, a spurt on. Like it's a bit like 
time that Stevie went in and Carlo, like, you know, he just didn't go in straight away. Like, he, he was waiting to see what kind of was happening with them first before he went in. So I'm not sure they're at the same sort of stage of their development. I think Calvin and Sligo maybe will, will be getting up, like, but I should be imagining that Calvin will be blowing teams away, to be honest, and, and they'll need to, like, you know, because they'll be heading into an Ulster Championship again, saying, you know, what the hell just happened there, like, after winning the Ulster title? You know, what? Did we made a complete show of ourselves, like, in, in, in 2021, you know, and they're flipping, not that bad, like, they're a, they're a damn good team, like, with so many, you know, sort of really good, talented footballers, and they'll be looking to, 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 to get a real bounce on. Okay, well, thanks very much, lads. Those have been great insights there into, into the four divisions. So uh, thanks very much to our own Stephen, as always. And thanks, Declan. Thanks, Finton. Uh, thanks very much for your time. I really appreciate it. Okay. Um, thanks very much for tuning in. And we'll see you in two weeks' time.